Oh, hey, it's you again. Welcome back to Getting It Out Podcast. Whether you're a frequent listener or even just a first timer, I want to thank you for clicking on the episode. I know there's a lot of options, a lot of podcasts to pick through and listen to. And this time you chose Getting It Out. If you like what you hear on this episode or maybe what you've heard in the past, I want to ask you to consider joining the gettingitout.net Patreon, where you'll get early ad-free access to interviews, sometimes weeks before they air. It only costs $2 a month, and hey, once you set it up, it's like making beef jerky in the 90s. You set it, and you forget it. You'll get email updates each time I post an episode exclusive to the Patreon. And though the cost is low for you, your support makes a huge impact on what I can continue to do with gettingitout.net and Getting It Out podcast. If you're interested, check the link in the show notes or head over to patreon.com slash gettingitoutpodcast. Thanks for hearing me out, and enjoy this episode of the show. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 125 of Getting It Out Podcast. I realize I say the number uh, every, every episode, and sometimes I'm amazed with myself, and I go, wow, 125 episodes, that's a lot. But you know what? It fucking is, all right? 125 weeks in a row I've been doing this thing. I've never done something that consistent. Anyway, that song that you just heard there, that was Rebelmatic. Uh, the song was called Insult to Injury. Uh, they're, they're a New York hardcore band out of, I, I believe, Brooklyn. Um 
and uh, the, the the song I don't think this song was supposed to come out for a little while, and uh, they released it a little bit early because the the content of the lyrics and the the visual uh, that accompanies it when you when you watch the video. Um, it's pretty powerful stuff given the moment. Um, well, it should be any time, but uh, really pertinent at this point in history. Um, so I'm going to put the link down in the show notes so you can check that out uh, right from here. Um, but you should go check that out 100%. Um, I mean, I think if you're listening to this podcast, I know what side of the fence you're standing on, and you're on the right side. So that's that's good. I mean, you're not on the right side. You're on the correct side, I should say. So um, I, think, I think you'll... You'll see what they're presenting and understand the message as well. Um, hopefully, we'll have somebody from the band on in the near future when they're when that EP's near nearer nearer to closer to release. But uh, we'll do that when we do that, and you'll know about it. I promise. Um, but on this episode, who I got on this episode is a fellow named Ace Stallings. You might know that name for uh, quite a few reasons. The guy does a lot of shit. He has done a lot of shit, I should say. You may be familiar with his former band, Breakaway. You may be familiar with his current band, Mutually Assured Destruction, which obviously we talked a lot about on this one. Um, You may be a listener of his awesome podcast, uh, Forum of Passion, which really uh, he does a terrific job with. Um, I think the fucking guy even wrote a book. He he books shows down in Richmond, um, wears a lot of hats, um, and he's he's very good at the things he does. And uh, I had a long conversation with him, the longest one in a while that I had on the podcast. And uh, it, was a, it was an absolute pleasure. So you're going to listen to that now. But first, we're going to go a little bit old school for Getting It Out podcast and use the original Getting It Out podcast intro music, which is actually just all I ever love from Pleasant Living. But, uh, you know, this here it is. R- reminisce with me here for a bit. I think we're going back to this. Hmm, that wasn't quite as exciting as I thought it would be, um, but there's some memories in there, so we'll, we'll keep it for this episode, but who knows where we're going to go in the future. Always on the lookout for a proper intro song, 125 episodes later, and still unsatisfied with the way I start these fucking shows. One day I'll figure it out. I need to settle, you know, maybe that's it, I just need to settle and stop, stop fucking worrying about it, trying to make it better, but whatever, that's part of it, right? We need some progress. Um, before we really get started on this one... I wanted to take a minute to say uh, rest in peace to Colin Trebacco, uh, a great guy out of Pennsylvania. Uh, known him for years. Didn't know him particularly well, but still knew him. Still somebody was always a pleasure to see, always a pleasure to talk to. One time he wanted to beat me up over uh, over a dispute about the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, and I always liked that. And and, and we always joked about it when we saw each other. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate. Um, I feel like this happens a lot lately. Um, friends dying and it's a weird thing uh, for our age we're not that old and unfortunately there's uh, situations reasons that uh, a lot of us seem to be checking out early and uh, I don't know but I, I, I don't I don't know I don't have anything profound to say but I just wanted to acknowledge the guy and uh, say rest in peace man I hope uh, I hope I hope his family and those who love him are, are at ease and uh, you know everybody take care of themselves and a special shout out to the Delco crew, Bob, Marty, Jay, all you guys. I know I'm missing a couple of you. Um, stay strong. I know he's a good friend of all yours, and uh, you know you all make it through. Okay, on to the other business. Uh, 
The class of 2020 can go fuck itself. Yeah. I don't care about these seniors. I don't know why we're all supposed to as well. So they didn't get, they got to leave school early. We all wanted to leave school early. That was a dream. And and now they got to leave school early on the last year of their possible, potentially their last year of schooling. Good for them. I don't feel bad for them. I feel jealous for them. Um, jealous towards them. I don't know. Jealous about them. Not jealous about, you know what I meant. Um, I don't. I don't care about high school seniors of any year. Unless they're my kids, then I do care about them. Um, I don't even care about the high school seniors when I was a high school senior. I wanted nothing more than to get away from them. And I've, I have not cared about them since. I'm not going to start caring about them for 2020. All right? So 2021, don't you even get, don't you even get it in your, in your fucking head that I'm going to care about your goddamn high school graduation. Boy, was that a huge waste of time. And, you know, by the time I graduated college, I didn't even go. That was my thing. You could go to the, the, the registrars. What's a weird word? Can we come up with a different word for registrar? I don't got to say it like that. It doesn't even sound right. It's like register, but then RAR. You know, you know what I'm saying. Um, but yeah, I remember going to that office and being like, "Hey, I'm gonna graduate. I gotta. Pet- I had to like petition. What's the word? I think you petition to graduate. I don't know. You gotta ask somebody. Even though you do all your shit, you gotta go to somebody. And be like, "Hey, am I allowed to graduate now?" And they're like, "Yeah, you can do that. Uh, do you want to be in the ceremony?" And I was like, "Nope. Put it in the mail." And they did. And. Uh, that was it. And I wish that were an option in high school, though it probably was. I just didn't know. Your parents want to see you walk across the stage. And goddamn right, my kids are walking across that stage. They're not getting out of that. It's a rite of passage as a parent to get that uh, satisfaction to see your child walk across that stage, I guess. And they're going to do it whether I have to drag them across it or not, right? Anyway, tomorrow is literally my daughter's last day of school, the six-year-old's. It's the last day of, of first grade. I'm really excited about that. Um, so, so we're done. We made it. We made it through... Uh, the 13-year-old's already been done, 6-year-old's about to be done, and that's it. Now we're in the summer, and we're still working from home, and it's not too bad, all right? But I, I'm getting the feeling that we're about to be summoned back to the to the office, and uh, I'm trying to avoid that because, you know, for legitimate reasons, right? Like, grandparents were supposed to help with watching kids this summer. We can't. Literally half of ours are stuck in Italy still, but the, you know, the, the ones we got here, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want to poison them every day if they get it once whatever but i don't want to send my kid there all the time you know that's that's a little careless um i don't know there's just things that you know we can't prepare for and uh it'd be nice (laughs) i'm not kidding i'm not lying here it'd be nice to be home for a summer that'd be crazy but it is really nice like going for a run in the morning getting a shower sitting down at your desk mowing the lawn on your lunch break getting a shower sitting back down at your desk getting done with work and then just having time to do whatever the fuck you actually want to do instead of stupid shit like exercise and yard work. So I, I'm, I'm getting pretty used to this. And uh, I could do it for the rest of my life, I think. I think So sign me up. I'm in for this. Um, more coronavirus. As long as, you know, less dying. But whatever. We're good for this. Anyway, I've talked for way too long. Let's get to my interview with Ace. Uh, again, it was a total pleasure to have him. We talked about a lot of stuff. And a lot of, a lot of, maybe a lot of name dropping, maybe on my part, not intentionally, just, you know, going back and forth about people we know and mutuals. Um, a lot of uh, referencing old hardcore bands, which is great. Not too old, but, you know, our era bands. Um, but the g- kind of conversations that I really enjoy. So, uh, yeah, listen to this. Check it out. First, I want to play you uh, what is my favorite song off of the latest Mutually Assured Destruction record. It's called Rose Charmer. And uh, you can find it on the Fever Dream 10-inch 
on uh, the big cart, their big cartel page. I believe it's big cartel. Um, you can just Google that and figure it out your fucking self, or just look in the show notes. I'll have it there for you as well. Here, listen to Rose Charmer and then my interview with Ace. Um, let's do, let's just roll into this thing then. Okay, let's do it. So, um, so, Ace. Well, by the way, I'm, I'm Dan. I know we have. We've, I don't think we've ever met. I don't, I don't think. think we, no, I don't think we have either. But which, I'm Ace. Both of our names have three letters. So yeah, that's, yeah that. that's good. We got and ones in common, so we got yeah, that yeah, going yeah. for us. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, um, you've. I mean, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk to you about. Sure. Uh, of course, uh, like we mentioned, you do the you do the podcast form of passion. Yes. Um, you got mutually assured destruction. You mm-hmm. were in breakaway, right? That's that's done, right? Yes, yes um, I finished it last uh, last or February twenty nineteen. Yes, right. So, so I mean, so that's at least three things, which is which is more than most people. Um, yeah. And and uh, I, I've I don't know when I first came across form of passion, um, mm-hmm. but I know that I was listening to breakaway for a while. And breakaway for me is a band that's you played a like a style of hardcore. 
that I love, which is weird that I love because I've never been to straight edge for a day. You know, I've never, you know, but I've always, like, I grew up around an area where Youngblood Records is from right here where oh, I'm at. For your Lancaster? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I know exactly. I know exactly where you're at. Yeah, so, so like, but, so I've always been, like, drawn to similar kind of sounding bands. So, uh, so Breakaway was one that, one that I, that I enjoyed. And, uh, and then, 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 I, then I heard you come up with uh, MAD recently. I guess that was semi recently, right? Uh, MAD started. We're not even a year old. Uh, MAD right. started. Um, like the first practices were in like May of last year, and we had like the demo out in our first show in July. Actually, our first show was in Philadelphia, so it was in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, uh, July of last year. So, so we're creeping up on the one year mark. Nice. And and well, and my point being is that you've you've done three i'd say different things all under you know one umbrella but still three different things and that that i've enjoyed and that's 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 pretty rare um, i really appreciate that thank you yeah of course so but i always hear i always hear you on uh on forum passion asking people uh yourself how they got started into all this nonsense but how did you yourself get involved in all this um how did i get involved in hardcore um so uh, or a punk metal or the yeah the I think you know does it, does it ever start with hardcore for anybody um well okay I know some people I, there's a guy in breakaway where it did start there and I think there, there's a friend of mine in um in that like I, I, I only know I'll put you this way I only know like a couple like a handful of people where it right. started right there but it, it is rare um let's see uh in when I was in um, like middle school, I uh, I watched a lot of action movies as a kid, and a lot of those movies had like a lot of like uh, like I didn't know what the artists were, but like they would have like like hard rock or like metal in them. Yeah. And so uh, when I got older, I think like I I somewhere in there heard like a Metallica song on the radio, and I was like, oh, like I like that. I like how this sounds. I, I want to know like what this is, and um. And also simultaneously, like I was, uh, I was getting into movies, uh, like like other types of movies, and um, and Pulp Fiction, the the beginning, the opening sequence, uh, the the song Miserloo by Dick Dale plays, and I liked it because it was fast. Yeah. And so I'm trying, I was trying to find music that sounded angry and fast. Um, and uh, as I, you know, got a little bit older, my uh, dad you know got me a bass for like a birthday or a christmas or something and was like it would be constructive for you to learn how to play an instrument and a, a childhood friend of mine was um getting into punk and i didn't like punk because i thought it was too simple and by that point i i was like uh more into metal like just like straightforward like uh the metallicas of the world iron maiden um the, the, the classics classics that i i liked like classic heavy metal but um uh, but I wanted to play in a band. So when I was like 14 or so, my friend was like, Hey, like, do you like want to be in like my punk band? And I was like, well, I want to be in a band. So sure. Through, through doing that, I started falling in love with, uh, with like punk rock music and like the ideology and sort of like the, the abrasive nature of it and how anti, uh, so many things I didn't like it was. And, um, from there I did like the logical progression. I, I like, got into like you know like 70s punk and then i got into uh you know like like early 80s hardcore and then i got into you know like 
like New York hardcore and like youth crew and stuff. Um, and then, uh, you know, just from there, just kind of like started becoming uh, a student of all of all hardcore, like most punk, most metal from there. Do you know what do you know what the band was that you heard that really turned your turned your uh, uh, t- turned your ear toward hardcore? Yes, um, there were there were there were three, but um, what what did it for me? Okay, so the the first hardcore show I went to, I actually didn't like um, because I I went to see uh, it was two thousand five. Um, I've been to like some punk stuff, but like the first hardcore show I went to was 2005 and agent orange was playing. And I, I went because they were in, they had a song in Tony Hawk. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, I know that band from Tony Hawk. Right. Um, and the opening band would be a band that I would end up loving and loving associated acts years later, this band direct control. But I was like, these guys are playing too fast. I don't understand what they're saying. I'm, I'm not into this. Um, and so I was kind of like like not into like you know like how fast and for at the time for my ears hard to understand hardcore was that like right at that moment, but um, then I heard the Misfits, mm-hmm. and I had been acquainted with Danzig already because of how big like you know like he was in the '90s and everything, and I was like oh it's like I I can understand this guy, um, when I try to sing I like also end up sounding like this dude. Uh, like I, I'm into this, and so the the Misfits were the were the big one that that made me be like, wait, I, wait, I want to dive into into this. And also, I, I like when I get into something, I become like obsessive, and I started learning as much as I could about uh the Misfits and um you know bands they would play with, and like I was playing football in high school. The guys in the Misfits played football at their high school, like um you know like th- their whole thing was like the movie, like they were like like theme from movies and stuff i've always been so into movies so i was like finding connections there um and then like i heard dead kennedy somewhere along the way and i was like i was like oh like i I don't really dislike this like and the guy that was in the band i I was in he was like you know he's like i know how you say you don't really like hardcore but like this is considered hardcore punk and i was like oh maybe i do like this and uh then I, i heard like bad brains on like a punkorama and i was like okay like i like I think after that, I was like, I just want to like learn everything I can about all of this. Well, that's, I mean, so, so it was really some of the classics that got yeah. you in there. Um, and sure. it's, you mentioned direct control. I can think of the logo of direct control, but I can't think of what they sound like. Um, is, um, were, they, were they like a grave mistake band or something? Good call. They weren't grave mistake. They were a very closely associated label. Uh, no way, no way records. Okay. The guy who drummed in, uh oh no that's wrong the guy who sang for direct control brandon farrell he um played drums in government warning who was on grave mistake right right like a lot like a lot of these bands they all like shared members like like the same guy drummed on um like a career suicide records band from canada and like uh like no way records and grave mistake records were like doing a lot of like similar stuff at the same time kind of in that like oh five to like oh nine you know sort of uh, or or 2010 kind of time period. Yeah, they really, and, they had um, that really simple simple kind of aesthetic. Just even if you're looking at the records, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's where I draw that that comparison. Like, uh, they were like, I, I think I think at the time, like the what what my friends and I called it or referenced it was like 80s revival because it was, it was like sounded like early hardcore punk, 
like but throwback you know like uh kind of like the visuals you know how it sounded the production the uh, you know like kind of like uh the attitude behind it um but yeah uh they were like that so they sounded like um man uh like like a jerry's kids right like a gangrene or something like that yeah well, that's 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 interesting. The bands that you you start listening to it at the time you you mentioned like two thousand five, right? Mm-hmm. And and so I got in, I, let's say five, maybe six years before that. Okay. Um, which I think I think I've heard you say. How old are you now? I am thirty one uh, as of last month. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll be thirty six this year, so that kind of makes so we got into it at, at the same age. Um, makes sense. But. Uh, but th- those early 2000 years were really weird and hardcore. Everything was somehow considered hardcore. So it's interesting that that you got into it by the the bands who were kind of the beginning of it. Yeah, I, because I that, because anything. With, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna say I think that has a lot to do with like location too, though. Yeah, you know, um, like like what were you like? What were you listening to? Like you know, like 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 where like where were you? Uh, I mean, especially like Pennsylvania, like early two thousands. Like, I wish I could have yeah. been there. Like, posse numbers and like stuff. Like, yeah, like all, I, all, I, I remember going to the last. The, I went to the, <laughs> I went to the last day of the last posse numbers, which of course was shut down yeah. because yeah, of, uh, yeah, because of things. But uh, stuff, sure. yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there was, you know, you've always. Uh, I mean, I'm sure you experienced a little bit of this being just where you're at in Richmond. You know, we can just say on the East Coast, but. uh the, a little spoiled being in this area, especially oh, yeah. especially where I live and grew up. Like, I grew up in York, Pennsylvania, which is nearby Lancaster here, but it's mm-hmm. only forty five minutes north of Baltimore. It's right. maybe two hours to Philly. You know, shorter. You know, there there wasn't uh, there wasn't a I didn't have to search for shows. They were around. They came through. Definitely. Um, and especially in that in that time period, the, those early two thousands when. Mixed bills. I mean, it was. Oh my! First of all, half the bands, half the bands playing hardcore shows were what would now be considered metalcore. Yeah, you know? and uh, like, and, like, like, who are you seeing? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because it's like, um, like you know, like I wasn't, you know, obviously I, I wasn't around, and and I like to like learn about like what people's experiences are, like kind of coming up. Like, what, what were some shows for you like around the time period that like you were seeing like these like mixed bills? Oh, okay. Well, this one's not a mixed bill, but the, the one that, that, that like really grabbed me and got me in was, mm-hmm. uh, was, I remember this little park building right by my house. And it was basically a young blood fest, but it wasn't called that. It was my luck, desperate measures, striking distance, Ooh. worn thin. Yes. Um, I'm cranked up, which was not a young blood band, but they were, you know, guys from violent society. And, yeah. you know, it was just, you you see stuff like that we had a skate park uh where every friday night there'd be shows and i would just you just go to the skate park you didn't know you know you didn't really have the internet to check so you just go there and then whatever fucking whatever's there some iteration of coming correct would be playing because he was based out of here at the time so so yeah the strength for a reason of course being pennsylvania they were oh yeah you know yeah um Uh, no uh no nate and carl um yo did you uh did you ever see knockdown no, I didn't see him, but of uh, course I know of him because of Youngblood. Because of yeah, yeah right. dude. So that band, that that, <laughs> it's funny because they're you know kind of like same area. Um, yeah, you know. So I like I remember going into Tower Records when I was a, a kid, and uh, like in high school, and I saw, I didn't even know what they sounded like, but I saw the record cover, like a CD that had been put out. I guess that Sean did maybe, 
Um, there was a discography and, he did. Yeah, 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 exactly. I saw the CD and I was like, I don't know what that is, but that looks like some shit that I would be into. Right. And I picked it up and I, oh, it's so good. Anybody that's listening to this, I implore you to to check out the band Knockdown. Uh, if like if you like 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 typical straight edge hardcore, like cool. If you like just like fast hardcore especially their, their later, like their, this band's like kind of like later release. Like it, it's fast. It's really cool. Um, but I remember, uh, picking that up and always wanting to see them, but obviously like never haven't been able to. Yeah. I, th- I, I miss the boat room too, but I think that more just cause I didn't happen to, you know, but, right. but, um, so, so when, when you start getting into hardcore back then, 2005, how long did it take? For, did you say, well, you, you already started playing in a punk band, right? But how long did you, take to you started playing what you would call hardcore um so uh, i was in this punk band that like it, it, that was like a high school band yeah it's like a high school band and what i mean by that is that like everybody every member wanted to be in a different type of band right uh and so like originally like like our songs were like all over the map uh eventually i it would kind it would become a more uh, cohesive sound like we'd all kind of like agreed on like what we like really like wanted to sound like um and that ended up kind of becoming like a skate punk hardcore band towards the end i was in a band that like we like so all right i was in a band in high school that only played a handful of shows um that was originally a project between two of the guys that got me into hardcore. Um, and that was going to be like a, a grindcore band, like a straight edge grindcore band that they were going to do. And, uh, they ended up wanting to change it to just typical. <laughs> I can't believe I remember all this. Uh, they wanted to change it into just a typical, like straight edge, like youth crew sounding band, but yeah. they didn't change the name of their grindcore band. <laughs> so it was like, the, the name of it was Iblis, which is like, like uh, I believe, a, like a Saudi or an Arabian word that means devil. And so we just put, we just made it X Iblis X. <laughs> and it was, it was a mess. Uh, it was really bad. Um, but uh, we played like a hand, but I still like remember playing some shows and like having some fun doing that. Um, but I would say the first band that I did that was like real and like, cohesive and like really cohesive from the get-go and had like a a a visual and like a kind of like a a more honed everything was a band called community corrections program that i did when i was about 19 um and that was like i wanted to make a band that sounded like um old boston bands so i wanted to sound like ssd and DYS, we, we would cover DYS. I'm pretty sure we covered SSD too. Like Minor Threat, like all like the the early, the proto kind of like straight edge bands. I wanted to do a band that sounded like that. Um, so that that was probably the the first time uh, I did that. And like we had like a demo tape and uh, everything. And like, you know, like played, um, played like some shows out of town in like DC, but like not really too many. Um, I, you know, for like the, my first like real band that like toured and, and did stuff was, uh, was breakaway. And, and that was when I was 21. 
And you, you, breakaway. That's a pretty. You have some pretty significant output there. I was just looking through it today. There's a, what at least two full lengths, right? Two full lengths, two seven inches, and a demo, and uh, a picture disc, and a flexi. So there was there was a lot of physical, and, and like some promo tape in there. Well, so for you, I mean, you know this for a hardcore band. That's 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 so fucking. That's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that, um, that's a lot of output. And yeah. uh, and where did you feel like with? And I, I don't want to spend too much time on Breakaway because I want to talk, you know, obviously what you're doing now. Sure. But, um, yeah, but where did you feel like, or why? Why did? How about this? Why did? Why did you feel like, or why did Breakaway end? Why Breakaway end? Oh, well, I mean, okay. So I just, I just kind of like hinted at a little bit where I said I saw Breakaway at 21. I'm 31 now. Right. And Breakaway broke up last year um i mean like the thing was was it you know i had been doing that band for a really long time actually the guy that was helping out with the uh with setting us up earlier he was a drummer breakaway uh, okay sam, sam here in the studio um but uh you know it, it and, and you you coming on too we had a lot of output yeah and it was kind of like yo like what else can we really do like we had been to europe a couple times we had had you know two lps um and uh you know like a couple seven inches and and also it, it was the, the band was kind of weird because I, I like um the real lineup of that band occurred like I, even though breakaway was a band for like nine years eight or nine years i like to think that really we were like a real band from like like 14 15 on yeah um because the 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 first few years like albeit we had like a couple seven inches then like things really changed up for breakaway uh on like the back half of our career when the lps came out um but uh but yeah we've been to europe twice we had like played pretty much every festival at least once um had played with like all of our classic like favorite bands like you know and, um, we, you know, we weren't ever going to tour full time. We weren't going to get any bigger. Um, not that that's like super important, but like, our, like we were about message. So it wasn't like our message was going to reach that many more people. Sure. Um, and it was just, it was just time, you know, it was like the one thing we really wanted to do was we really wanted to go to Japan and, uh, we tried like maybe like three times, two or three times to make that happen. And it just wasn't in the cards. And it, it was just like, you know what, like it's uh it's time to you know move forward and um we all thought it was a better idea to like you know actually like close that book and then just kind of like you know fade away like you know like not really play anymore but not really have like a definitive like ending to it or something um we just thought it was better to you know just you know be like hey this, this was breakaway and you know we're all going to do different things going forward well, I, I I totally appreciate that, and I think that's that's a move a lot of bands should do. And I don't I not agree. because I don't want to see them go, but I, I remember um, when uh, and the, to, totally different sounding band. But I remember when, for me, with my opinion, that when <laughs> and I said right to them when Pulling Teeth put out their their album Funerary. Yeah, uh, have you said that correctly? I remember saying to saying to them like, "You guys have to break up now. Like, you've done yeah. everything else, and now now I feel like you wrote your best album." What are you like? What more are like, you going to do? What else is left? Yeah. I need, I need to revisit them because I remember like I used to see them a little like kind of like 09, 10, 
like 11, you know, in yeah. there. And I think a lot of like what I'm listening to and like really like into now, uh, I, I feel like I, I would benefit from listening to them, like revisiting them again. Cause I haven't in a long time. Um, but, uh, I remember seeing them and them being cool. Well, they definitely veered off of hardcore a bit, you know, For and sure. it, it, yeah. yeah. And it became its, its own thing. And, uh, and I, I thought that, that that album particularly was, was pretty impressive. So, but, but, but there's been other bands that have, have, uh, have done you know pulled the plug at the right time and you know like i think a, a good example of um a band who who did that pretty well was uh trapped under ice where they i mean i'm re- not intentionally referencing all baltimore bands but where the first time around they said all right we're going to be done for a while like you yeah know. and no, I, so- I agree you know i mean i i thought uh i thought they you know like they made a good choice there i think foundation made a good choice uh yeah. when when they, they stopped like i think them i think it's weird i think foundation stopping made them bigger than they were <laughs> like ha- when they were a band it, it was almost like they announced they were breaking up and people like realized how much they liked them right um it's just like you know just hey like sometimes it's just like it sometimes it's time because you don't want to you don't want to overstay your welcome. And that happens in hardcore, like kind of often uh, <laughs> yeah, where, ha- more where than half the like, bands. Yeah. You, you don't want to be that band that people are like, you want to be the band that people are like, Oh, I wish I got to see them or I wish I appreciated them more when they were around. You don't want to be the band that people are like, when are they going to call it a day? Like, yeah. and that's just, that's, that's me personally. That's how I feel. Um, and you know, so, some bands transcend that some bands are so sick that I could see them every day the rest of my life and be totally fine those bands definitely exist but not everybody's going to have that going to have that fire um, yeah and it's, and you might get lucky and get one of these second waves third waves fourth waves for sure. where um yeah. like to, to me the a great example of, of this lately recently has been that people love agnostic front again and oh yeah and like, i i love agnostic front it's always been one of my favorite hardcore bands of all time but okay. i've i've been to a lot of agnostic front shows for a lot of years where there was not a lot of people there that gave a uh-huh. shit, you know, it happens. And then, they, and then they put out a DVD, you know, documentary, it calls them the Godfathers of hardcore and people love them again, which I'm all for, but sure. you know, but it, it, it took something to get, give them that push. Those so, legacy bands like them, not all of them, but some uh, are, they're really good at like, not like reinventing themselves, but like continuing to be like important, and uh continuing to like you know like have an impact or um be relevant in, in some sort of way and, and some some people some bands that are, are you know kind of legacy acts aren't good at that but agnostic yeah, Front is great yeah, at that right so. right but um so so when you're when you're wrapping up breakaway did you already have uh uh mutually assured destruction in the works no uh well no uh, kind of. Uh, I was a, I there was a short-lived band I was in that overlapped uh, the end of Breakaway and the beginning of MAD. It, it, well, the MAD and this band were not a band at the same time. Um, and, and for those listening, and if you haven't heard of this band, you can look it up on streaming services. It's still there. Um, it's this band called Neuromancer, which is okay. named after uh, a William Gibson novel. Um, I love uh, like integrity. Yeah. And bands that like, you know, like, like sound like that integrity is like, was like a really big deal to me growing up. Uh, humanity is a devil is one of my favorite records ever. Um, and I also simultaneously to, you know, me liking integrity a lot was also getting really into like Japanese D beat. Uh-huh. Um, so I was listening to like, 
bastard and judgment and uh like death side um and like th- things of that oh this band slang that just fucking rips and like like things of that nature and um i was like oh i want to do a band that sounds like integrity combined with that kind of stuff and like tragedy and like kind of like this like sort of like arena crust type material and um so i did neuromancer a little bit before like maybe like the back half of 2018 and i think we played our last like we played i think we only played like three shows and we broke up at the end of 2018 as well um and so you know i like thought when breakaway was over because i've been doing it for such a long time that i was going to be like okay like I'm done doing bands. Like, yeah. you know, I'm just going to be a promoter now. Uh, I don't even know if I had the idea for the podcast yet. Um, you know, I was like, I'm just going to kind of, you know, like, and I also like help out with United blood. I was like, I'm just going to do that stuff. And, um, and then I'm not really good at sitting around. So, <laughs> um, prior to breakaway breaking up in, in the fall previous, I had done a misfits cover band with some friends and people were like, Oh, like you can like sing, sing. And I was like, yeah, like I I did when I was in like high school and like this band I was in and and they were like, Oh, you should like sing in a band like that. And I was like, Oh, I I guess I could do that. And, um, a guy that I hadn't seen in a while, uh, was at the last breakaway show. And he had been in this band from Richmond called Holy land. That was really cool. And Mm -hmm. he's a really good songwriter and um and i was hanging out with a friend of mine and she was like and i was telling her i was like i want to make a band that sounds like completely different than breakaway like i like want to make a band that sounds like uh like only living witness and like life of agony and like corrosion of conformity um and like danzig and like you know like, like melodic singing but like hard like heavy and stuff and she's like not even a hardcore person and she was like Oh, you should get uh, Tyler Wall to be in that. And I was like, I mean, that's a really good idea. I don't know why you know that he would be good for that, <laughs> but sure. Um, and he had been at the last Breakaway show, and I hadn't seen him. I maybe hadn't seen him in years. And uh, I hit him up, and I was like, Hey, man, do you like want to do this, like this band? And from there, I hit up people that I knew would be available, uh, people that weren't spread too thin, because a lot of people in Richmond are in a lot of the same bands, right? Um, and I was like, I'm gonna hit up people that aren't doing anything. My friend JD had just finished college and was his personal training here. And he had uh, not really had a lot of bands of his own. He had done some short lips from the past and filled in for like bands like naysayer. And um, he had filled in for breakaway a lot as well. And I was like, Hey man, you want to play drums for this? Uh, Groder who used to be in down to nothing and um, is in brace war now and uh, was in fire and ice. Like brace war doesn't do that much they want to play every so often. So I knew he, he was available and um, also just a great guitar player. And then Eric who plays bass in MAD, um, he lives in New York city, but uh, I love being in a band with Eric. He's like, like my best friend. Um, So I was like, you know, I don't care that you're in another city. Do you like, do you want to do this band? And uh, he was like, yeah, for sure. So we like started like breakaway broke up in February, 2019. And we started practicing in May of 2019 and already had the demo out by july so it 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 moved pretty quick 
Yeah, well, I, I, first of all, you answered a lot of questions I was going to ask, so good. Um, but <laughs> you, so one being that I, I wanted to know if, if you knew you could sing like that, and which is which which is what surprised me the most and was very impressive. But two, um, the fact that you mentioned COC. Um, well, I was I was out for a run this morning, mm-hmm. like six a.m. I'm out running and I'm listening I'm listening to Fever Dream, and I'm thinking like what the fuck like what what is the what is this influence here What is this band that I know I hear but I can't put my finger on, and then I started then I mid run you know I'm searching Spotify for COC and playing the, those early those early '90s albums. Yes, um, mm-hmm. and and you know so, particularly like you know the, the Rose Charmer that that's where I you know I the beginning oh, yeah. of that and it's like yep. fuck that's that's i know what i'm hearing there um yeah so so you knew the direction you go you you got the guys that you wanted to do you knew you were capable of of these vocals did it and i gotta say the first time that i heard it was when uh axe to grind played one of your tracks on one of their oh, listening sure. party episodes yeah that was nice of them and uh were you surprised at the reaction of of people or how well it went over or did you expect you know some positive feedback I don't know. That, that's a that's a hard one to answer because it's like uh, I I don't expect. Um, I like love hardcore and like yeah. metal and stuff and just like do this because and do the stuff I do because I like like doing it. Like like you talk about how many like things I'm involved in doing. It, I do all that stuff just because it's like I like love doing this. Yeah. So I like didn't know uh, what was going to be received well. I realistically i was like people are probably going to be like oh like that that's the dude from breakaway i'm surprised that guy can like sing like pretty good you yeah. know like i was i was i knew that was going to happen um i i didn't know that it was going to uh like hit like it did and um and like and well it's hard because it, it's hard to say because in the beginning it was like uh I was like, "Hey, this is going a lot easier than I expected it to." Like, right. it's like it happened. Like the stuff that would happen for MAD would happen very quickly. Like our first show was uh, this is hardcore pre-show, so it's like we're you know we're playing something part of like one of the bigger festivals out like as our first or as our first gig, of course, yeah. And like the next show we played like was a record release for this band Enforced here. And it was like it was like awesome, like it was like you know like a couple hundred people people in change, and um just like a like a good show and like I started really we started getting like asked to do things and like like get these opportunities and we were also writing you know like writing music pretty quickly too like um you know it's like Fever Dream dropped in February, February. yeah so like we had been a band for like a like a little bit over half a year <laughs> right and like already had like like the demo pressed the seven inch and like we had a, like a t- like 10 inch out um and everything so it was like stuff with mad was like moving really fast because yeah think about it we breakaway stuff moved like it, it ended up getting to a good place but it moved really slow sure it took like like i said i felt like we started like really like five years into the band being a band um whereas mad it was like a idiot so um i didn't know what to really expect uh but i'm really appreciative at how well it's been received and um i it it's been really exciting to do 
and it has made me really happy that people have you know been so into it. Well, how how do you how do you approach this band differently than you did your previous projects? Like, is like do you get do you get the same kind of catharsis from doing uh, MAD as you did from Breakaway, or you know, are you are you digging in the same well with your lyrics? Like, what what's the difference between these for you, other than the sound? Well, the, 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 there actually is a, a big difference in sort of, you know, where, like, there is a big difference in, in kind of uh, where things are coming from. Breakaway was very much so like an outward thing where it was like a lot of like, uh, sort of like songs about certain people or certain subjects that I was like outwardly angry about or kind of like a, like, like it was almost like writing letters to people I didn't like without signing my name at the bottom. Sure, like, yeah. cause I didn't know. I'm familiar with the practice, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, you know, I, uh, so I was a lot of that and, um, yeah, just kind of like getting, you know, like, um, I was, I mean, I was a much angrier person in my twenties and I'm yeah. still like, not like a not angry person, but I'm definitely not like, I don't have as much of a chip on my shoulder, I guess, these days as I did then. And, um, you know, the, I was, um, and still am, but I was so upset about a lot of like things that I would like see and experience like socially. Uh, and so a lot of breakaway stuff was like a really like, like kind of like a, you, you like rhetorical, you piss me off kind of thing. And, um, you know, like a, a lot of outward whereas mad and, and well the second the second lp for breakaway was a little more um was like way more introspective yeah but that that was kind of like more about like being introspective about being a band though that was kind of like a lot of that was kind of like hey like you know like was was this all good did we leave a mark like you know is like are people gonna like hold this important to them in the future you know things like that yeah but um uh whereas mad albeit doing well and like having a lot of energy behind it and being a lot of fun and um you know having a lot of like attitude and and charm to it uh i was personally like going through like a real rough time in like 2019 um and like a lot of it was like as opposed to looking outward, those lyrics sort of way more like looking, not all of them, but they're looking inward. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like this band, it's like, I wasn't, I'm like, not like uh, afraid to kind of like talk about like, uh, like scorned romantic situations and, um, kind of like sort of feeling like you're down in like a, like a well, like a lot of fever dream is about just kind of like, it, it was sort of like, um, writing, kind of like from like uh not like a stream of consciousness but like almost about just kind of like like thinking about things when you're kind of in like your darker moments and um how that you know like like sort you know like kind of like the expression of just lines of just of of like of feelings of like malaise of melancholy and everything what's funny though is that i was writing all those lyrics in like the fall of 2019 and uh it, it proved helpful because by the, by like getting things out because by the by the time the record came out like 
mentally I was like, I feel like I was in a much better place. <laughs> so I was like, I yeah. was like, I was like, you know, these kind of encapsulate sort of like a time period of like me not really feeling so great about like myself and my life. But then when it came out, I was like, well, things are, you know, I mean, it was right before the pandemic. I was like, you know, things are going pretty good right now. Like, you know, but, uh, <laughs> um, so I don't know, I, I'm kind of an up and down person. So it's like, sometimes, uh, I go, I go through spats of, not doing so hot. And then other times I go through, you know, long time periods of doing great. And, um, regardless of everything, uh, I mean, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, but, but I'll say that, uh, in regards to my personal checklist, I myself in regards to ACE and am, am doing chill. So, um, but yeah, that that's a long question, a long answer to your question, but, uh, they're, they're picking from different places. No, it's, but it's a, it's a good answer to it. And I, and I hear you on the, on the, the anger thing. Yeah, the fucking it's it's something I I, I say I say out loud to, like to my wife like I I wish I wasn't as angry of a person as I you know like still yeah. now still now I still have that fuck you thing about oh, for- about nothing I was mowing a lawn today and a guy was dribbling a basketball near me and my first thing that I think of is what the, what the fuck does he want what's his problem you know like and he's not even looking at me he's not even you know and it's like god damn yeah. and I immediately I hear, I hear myself doing it in my head like why are you still doing that. Like, you know, yeah. so I feel you though, man. It's, it's, I think in some people it is just part of your makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, but yeah, <laughs> but you can do good things with it if you do the right thing. Right. True. Um, True channel. so, so the fever dream, like we said, came out in February, I think February 14th to be exact, yes. um, on, uh, Edgewood records. What, what's Edgewood records? Is that, is that a, that's not a label I'm too familiar with. I saw a recent release on there, but I think I saw you post something with the tiger on the cover. Uh, oh, the, uh, the earth to heaven record. Yes. Yeah, so um, listen to that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, like, let me, I'll break down Edgewood for you. So Edgewood was started by, um, the brother of, well, a guy in naysayer and his brother, uh, started the label some time back. Um, and I think originally they were just putting out like tapes of friends, um, and stuff like locally. Um, and then they did, I want to say Edgewood number one is the regulate seven inch. And, uh, that popped really big for them when it came out. So they were like, Oh, like, I don't think, uh, Oh, sorry. You know what? Sam just stopped me here in the studio. Actually, yeah. the first record was uh, a band called cease to resist. He, uh, a band from Richmond. Um, and, uh, okay. Hold on. He, Sam is, is mapping all these out. <laughs> See, we have in the studio, we have them all. We have them all like hanging on the on the wall and, or the ceiling rather. Um, okay, okay, all right. So uh, the yeah, it's been called Cease to Resist. I remember now. That's Edgewood number one. Um, I won't go through the full like like itemized list of them, but this band Cease to Resist locally, which is like some local kids. Um, it was cool. It was like uh, like New York style, like almost like locking out in nature. Um, but then like yeah, like bands like regulate ended up doing seven inches on there um this band called red vision uh from like yeah Virginia, I'm yeah yeah kind of virginia beach but then they all kind of moved up here um and then it just kind of like really picked up like uh regulate lp did really well on there the trail of lies lp uh came out on that um they did uh the dead heat debut lp which also did really well um, uh, combust from New York. It was all people like predominantly on the East coast that everybody just kind of would like meet going to shows. And like, um, you know, e- even though I don't like 
I'm not part of the label, but I like I run all their social media and stuff. Yeah. Um, just because I'm friends with them and I'm online a lot. Uh, and like so like you know it's just a lot of like hey like you should check this band out like like friends telling them and everything and just like this sort of like small but very quality oriented uh, unit of people. Um, they did some they did like a promo tape for Breakaway and they did like a like a picture disc. Damn, I'm trying to think of some of the other bigger releases. Uh, they did that Fever Dream record for us. This band Downfall did their uh, 12 inch EP with them last year. Um, and uh, this band Earth to Heaven, which is a newer band that hasn't really played a lot of shows, but uh, like maybe like one, two, maybe. And but they can't. They have like a record coming out on uh, on there. And um, yeah, I mean it's just cool. It, the the ethos behind Edgewood for most of their releases and, and most of kind of like the people associated with it and the kids that are really into the label is kind of like, um, they're people that really appreciate the classics. Yeah. Uh, like, like it's like people that are like love, like classic hardcore, like they're, they're, we all, everybody's always joking about like doing things the old way. Um, right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, like just like likes, you know, like the very pure, the pure, like at its, at its core, like, essence of hardcore like going to the show like you know like dancing like with like your friends you know like uh like avoiding the horseshoe if you can and like packing up front singing along like just classic classic vibe now which is interesting because mae doesn't really sonically like fit the classic hardcore sound but um those are my friends so right i, so I wanted you're to, in i wanted to do that yeah <laughs> Well, no, that's the reason I asked that is, is I noticed I noticed it seems to be you know a, a Richmond thing, and not necessarily the bands on it, but uh, I would I, I was I lived in Baltimore for a lot of years, and sure. uh, and a, pretty much I would say around the height of or during the height of like a three eight nine. When okay. That, yeah. When that, when that label was killing it, when Dom, Dom was doing everything with them, and yes. there was all the there was all the bashes, and you know, and, oh, and I, I went to a few. And what? what the, oh, so I, we were probably in the same room, but the, probably. The, I'm sure that's not the only time. But uh, but um, the thing that that I thought was really cool is that there's. I mean, even though it's just a part of it, it's you know the the local the bands from Baltimore weren't the only bands on A three eight nine, but usually they would end up there. Uh, Right. My, the only band I ever did, you know, our demo ended up being a seven inch on there. The, every, you know, every, even Trap, Trapped in Rice, who didn't necessarily fit the label sound, mine didn't either, but they, you know, they put out a split on there. Um, like everybody kind of popped in and it was, just, sure. it, it, and it's, it's a weird, it's like an additional part of the, the hardcore scene, the hardcore yeah. community in a city. And I, and I like when you can look at certain cities and kind of uh, tag a label to them. Oh, you know, it's funny you say that. I guess it does kind of occupy a similar space, just like different sonically. Um, yeah, that it is kind of like of that. Cause like a three, eight, nine was like kind of almost like, Hey, if you're into like a, like a specific sound, uh, go, go check out this label's catalog. Yeah. And, and Edgewood in a way, like kind of is like that. It's, it's almost like, Hey, if you like kind of like, uh, like New York sounding like hardcore from like different eras, but you want to hear like people playing like a new version of that, like kind of like right now, uh, go ahead and, and check out stuff on Edgewood. And cause that, that's, that's what I, you know, I get it. Cause like a three, eight, nine always in my head was like, Oh, like they're putting out like iron Reagan and like noise and stuff. So I'm like, they kind of have like a, like a more metal leaning. Yeah. Um, 
And uh, so I was like, you know, if I wanted to go find out about something kind of like in, in that lane, you know, go check out stuff there. Honestly, had A389 still been a label, uh, I might have shopped Fever Dream to them. <laughs> Honestly, because I feel like it, it would have fit fine. It probably would have worked, yeah. 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 <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, well, and and like I said, they would do, they would do, he would do records for people who, you know, didn't necessarily sonically fit. My my band was like a oi, basically wisdom and Ch- wisdom and change ripoff band, and what band uh, are you in? pleasant living. Okay, uh, and and uh, you know, we he put out our seven inch, but I think that's more of just like knowing the guy. We didn't sound like any any other band on that label, but it was just because we were Baltimore, and yeah. you know, and so I, 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 anyway, my point is just that I like seeing the the local label that kind of mm-hmm. adds a sense of identity to to the scene. Um, For sure. So all right, so we kind of been all over the place, and before we go too long, I want to get to form of passion. Okay. And uh, we, so all right, I, I starting a podcast is is a weird move, right? Like, I mean, obviously I did it. I did it yeah. without, I did it without, I do it without any, without having any, um, anything people would know. You know what I mean? Like I had no built in audience for this. I did. Did you feel like when you started a form of passion, you were going to be able to bring over f- people who listen to your music easily? Um, I, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I was like, Oh, people, people like, like breakaway. Maybe they'll like if, Maybe they'll like this, um, but uh, but I, I I didn't really. I don't really know if I had. I don't know what my expectations were really. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it was like um, it was more just like something I like. I was inspired by a few things, and also wasn't sure if uh, MAD was gonna like. Cause they st- form and MAD started about the same time. Yeah. Um, I was, wasn't sure if MAD was going to like take off or anything. So I was like, I still want to be doing something for hardcore. Um, you know, and if it's not, if my band that I'm working on right now doesn't work and maybe doing this podcast will. Um, so, you know, uh, I was like, Hey, maybe people listen to it. Uh, maybe they won't. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> but, uh, but it ended up, it, it has ended up doing, uh, pretty strong. So I'm, I'm happy with that. And I'm like really appreciative of everybody that listens to that. Yeah. I, I hear you. I, I, and I've, obviously I know the exact feeling. Um, with, did you, did you have anybody help you out with how to get this thing started or was this kind of just, all right. Cause, cause my, and of course, I only can go off of my experience. My experience was I don't know shit. I'm just going to start doing it. And uh, I, I'm literally using the same equipment that I bought. I, I spent $17 on this. And I'm good. still, still using yeah. <laughs> And I'm still using the same shit. So, so like, did you go to anybody, talk to anybody that, that was already doing a podcast, get some ideas, some pointers? Or was this just kind of, let's just fucking go for it? Um, I, I mean, okay. So, so obviously like you don't really hear the other guy that much, but like, uh, I, um, like it, the, an imperative entity to form a passion is the person that's like letting me use the studio to record this right now. Yeah. Sam, Sam Dyerly. He records in his studio in Richmond called F12. Um, they, they record so much here. Uh, I mean, like a lot of the records I just mentioned on Edgewood were recorded here. Like, 
um he's reported candy here uh like i'm trying to like i'm trying to remember the, the whole list it, it's it's long and 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 sam does a great job i was in breakaway with sam for the back half of of breakaway and he was really imperative to a lot of the writing and breakaway and stuff and he's like embrace war here and like uh he's in that band earth to heaven we were talking about he's in a yeah. lot of bands uh and so he's just like one of my best friends and i was like hey man like um uh would i be allowed can i interview people at your studio that are on tour or local um eventually we'll start a patreon and i will pay you for studio time from that money and he was like yeah that's fine like let's do it and albeit you don't hear his voice on the show unless it's like a patreon episode he is he is like the co-host really so it's like he like no like tonight well, you and i recording there's yeah. no way i would have been able to do this on my, like <laughs> i like needed him to like like set this microphone in front of me and like figure out all this computer stuff and and his headphones and everything. like like i'm not good with that stuff at all and he is like a wizard at it so he's really like the the co-host there um and like with without him i don't <laughs> i couldn't have, I, it would be a lot less quality i'll tell you that right right um so yeah i went to him I didn't really get like, uh, like I, I might have talked to like Bob Shed about like some pointers, but maybe I, I feel like it was more kind of like shop talk as opposed to like, hey man, what should I do? Because I already had an idea of exactly what I wanted to do, and um, and I didn't want it to be too similar to other to to like to like other podcasts about yeah. hardcore. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, it was uh, to answer your question. It was like, uh, you know, Sam was the resource that, that really made it and still makes it happen. Well, I, th- I think you, I, th- well, that's, that's very nice of you to cr- credit him as, as I, I mean, I had a little behind the scenes, so I heard him earlier, so I know he exists. Yeah. Um, you know, he made this happen. So, uh, so, but, uh, from my, from my experience, I, I, I didn't keep the podcast on track at all. What I what I intended to start this thing as it didn't. I, this is exactly what I said it didn't want it to be. It became exact the first episode. I think I said I don't want it to be an interview show. It became an interview sh- interview yeah. show. Were yeah. were you are you able have you been able to keep it what you wanted to keep it? A hundred percent. Good. Uh, I mean, I like just like so. I was influenced uh, by um. God, this is gonna sound funny. Uh, inside the actor's studio. <laughs> which uh you know like with this guy james lipton and he interviews people and like asks them like, like uh like a bunch of questions about like the, their craft and um like and, like you know will ferrell famously did him uh a parody of him on, on snl like then i would watch like watch that growing up and um and also this podcast called the brett easton ellis podcast uh brett easton ellis is my favorite writer uh he wrote uh, American Psycho, Rules of Attraction, um, a lot of stuff gets turned into movies. Less than zero, but anyway, he has a podcast about the film industry, and uh, like, okay, all right, so there is a bit of a difference. Originally, I wanted to emulate what Brett does and do like a, a long monologue in the beginning, and then interview somebody from uh, hardcore punk or metal. Yeah, the monologues ended up becoming way shorter uh, or non-existent. And it just ended up becoming more of like a, like an interview based 
uh, like an entirely interview based thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been, um, it's been cool. It, it's followed what I've wanted to like follow. And, uh, you know, it, it, I've learned so much of it on my own. Like I've learned so much from it on my own, you know, like, like these are some of these like people are people I've known for a long time. And I like, like learn a lot about them just that I had just never had any idea about. So, um, yeah, it's still, it's still staying the course, still doing good. Yeah, that's, that's cool. And I can tell you that I, I've learned about people that I know from your show. Um, oh, cool. <laughs> like, uh, you had uh, Chris Bavaria on there, who's yes. you, we're, we're from the same area. You said um, York earlier, and I was like, Chris. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, I, shit, I, I, yeah, oh, yeah. I remember Chris way back before that, even. He's mm-hmm. playing in his punk band, D-Control. Um, but he was always the guy with the with like a Bane hat and a government issue shirt, and it's like you know he has, he had a, right. he had a different vibe going on than the rest of the band and, and yeah. studs and mohawks. But uh, and then you had the Justice on there, who you know yes. I've known known him forever too. And uh, it's it's you're you do a good job of keeping uh, keeping your show interesting. It's it's honestly I try to emulate some things that you're doing because oh, you. because there's. Because I get – full disclosure, and I don't mind putting this out there for everybody. I get bored with some of my interviews, you know. Uh, you can only ask the same questions so many fucking times. For sure. And, and especially when, when – like like you and I are doing – this is easy for me doing this with you because you do this too. Do yeah, you, know you I mean? and I are both used to doing this. So it, it's like you know kind of like you, – you know where to go. You know where to steer. Yeah. You know kind of thing, even from a personal standpoint. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And when you get in, I mean, you might have find or might not have yet, but will, but that there's some people that just don't know how to do it. And it's tough. Oh, yeah. it, it can be tough to get through a conversation. Even, I mean, I've had guys on that I, that I know are interesting and then you just can't get anything out of them. And some people aren't conversational like that. And that's one thing I've learned about, like, kind of like, like kind of like communicating with people through doing forum. It's like, some people you have to guide some people you you have to like ask more questions. Some people you have to kind of be like, all right, well like, tell me what happened next. Like, like, or like well, what's going on with you in this part of your life? You have to kind of ask the specifics. Whereas other people are like huge talkers. Yeah. You just and shut you up. Can, you can just kind of be like, go off, man. And then they'll, they'll talk to you for like three hours. Right. You know? Like, yeah. So, I mean, that happens too. Oh, I've had some, <laughs> I've had some that I've had to, I've had to cut half of the fucking episode because they just went on right, and we on. Move on or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, shit. But um, so actually, yeah, yeah it happens. You, you had you had a you had a pretty big guest, a couple of pretty big guests recently. Um, as far as what bands they're in, um, do, do, do you? But you have mostly mm-hmm. have people face to face. Um, do you? Is this because of the yeah. the? Uh, what do we say the the network you've made from being in bands that you're just able to you know or actually you book the shows right so you're probably already you got them all in your pocket i uh both um <laughs> yeah. i've you know i met, met a lot of people doing breakaway i've met a lot, like a lot of people doing mad but but also i'm a i'm a promoter here in richmond and um i don't know i mean also the same it's like richmond is on 95 uh you know it is really easy to play if you're a band on tour most tours hit here um you know and so it's like we we kind of get everything so it, that's kind of like the the well it's like all right i'll you know i'll look at um you know like, like a venues like i'll look at a bunch of venues around town schedule on who's coming through and be like all right well this guy or this girl will be here like that night or this person like let me see if i can reach out and figure it out you know with with them 
Um, and a lot of it is just luck. You know, it's like the DFJ one was like, oh, innumerable forms is playing. Oh, like, it, like, and like, wasn't really promoted that crazy. Um, like the show was fine, but it, like prior to it, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't even know that. And I was like, dang, I wonder if DFJ will be on my show and just, you know, send a text and be like, hey, like, would you be down? And so some people are, are like, yes. And some people are like, ah, oh, I'm gonna be like, kind of like tied up. It's, you know, you just try it out. Um, and I, and even still in the middle of everything right now, it is my preference to do face to face if I can. Yeah. The last two have not been face to face. Um, one of the Patreons was, but, uh, yeah, I mean like, you know, it's just, you work with what you can work with. There, there's a lot of tours that would, that aren't happening right now that if they were happening, like the guests would probably be different. Right. Right. Yeah, actually, th this whole thing has affected me differently. Where now I'm able to get anybody, almost oh, yeah. anybody, because everybody's home. Yeah, yep, <laughs> yeah. That's uh, what happened with me and Randy, uh, like Lamb of God, Randy. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, this dude is gone ninety percent of the time. Now I know for a hundred percent he is home. Like, let's see if he'll do this. And because he was home, it wasn't you know it was fine. It worked out. But that one, that was a that was a cool one to get and uh, for you. And I've I've seen uh, well, I've had similar experiences with people that I never thought I would talk to. Talk to Tommy Victor of Prong. You know, Prong was a big oh, band for me yo, growing up. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. It, you know, so it's it's cool to get these experiences. Is there anybody mm -hmm. that you that you that you really that you would love to have on there to talk about hardcore that you haven't yet? Um, I like really anybody in particular. Yeah, uh, I really tried to get Dwid earlier in the year because um, I was doing an integrity show here and it just didn't like it just didn't work out. Like it, it would have had to have been recorded at the venue and like we couldn't really do that. Um, so that would have been cool. Um, you know, I'm not even like kickback fan number one, but like uh you know, getting like singer of like kickback somehow on would be really interesting just because like, isn't that guy in like he, Thailand or something? He's in Thailand. Yeah. He's got like a lot of wild stories. So I, that would be cool. Um, God, people I really want to get, um, I'm trying to think of like, like obscure ones. Cause, cause some, cause some of the ones I want are like pretty attainable. I'm trying to think of ones that are, are like, like less attainable that I would be like really, uh, really happy about. Um, Maybe, hmm. Oh, oh, uh, John Brandon. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Negative, oh man, I like negative approach. That would be awesome because I because I know it would be like I know there would be some some interesting stuff you know going on with that one, um for sure. Yeah, just like you know, just a lot of classic figures. It's like that uh, uh, like but at the same time it's like uh, my show's not all about the classic figures even though i really want to interview them sure. like it uh, i try to highlight people that are doing things people that are part of hardcore punk and metal right now like they're part of like the current wave the current you know like the contemporary um that that's more what we're trying to do over here um so and, and most everybody in that is you know, like pretty like going on right now is, is pretty uh pretty receptive to being on, um. But uh, yeah, who, who knows what the future brings? I got a, I got a list of people, um, that I'm work I'm working on crossing off, um. You know, Timmy No Justice will be another cool one to do. Yeah, where'd he end up now? Um, He's like in Arizona or some yeah. shit, isn't he? He's, 
No. <laughs> he's in the Philly area for a long time. Oh, is he? Yeah, he, I knew he was up here for a while. Um, he might still be there. I, yeah. I heard he might be moving back to Virginia, though. So he, he might be coming back to, to uh, Virginia Beach area. Um, not really sure. I used to know a lot of guys in Virginia Beach. I don't think any of half of them don't seem like they're there anymore. Half of Big Chris is there. Um, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh-huh. Shannon's not there anymore. Oh Sean. man, I haven't heard that name in forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I remember Shannon for sure. Um, Shannon, Sean, didn't Sean O'Hara. Up? Sean O'Hara didn't he move up there? He yeah, yeah, there? yeah. He well, he was in Baltimore with what the, the years I was there, and then he he's yep. back in Virginia now. Um, yeah, I know all these yeah. people. Yeah, yeah, no, the Shannon and Sean were, were both very good friends of mine for a long time. For sure. Um, but uh, so, all right, so let's let's wrap this thing up. Sure. Um, form a passion. Let's let's just wrap it up with telling people where they can find things. Oh, right. Absolutely. Um, form a passion is is it twice a week or twice a month? Twice a month. It's the first uh, Friday and the second Friday with the Patreon episode. Uh, if you sign up for that on the last Friday of the month, um, you can listen to that on Apple Podcasts. Uh, if you do not have uh, that, you can look it up on a website called Buzzsprout. That's B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T dot com. Look up uh, Buzzsprout dot com, form of passion. And you can find it there. Uh, we're going to get stuff on Spotify eventually. We just honestly sent like I, I've been lazy. I need to get I need to ask <laughs> to do that. So um, but uh, you can listen to them there. Um, I post uh like the new episodes all the time uh you can find me on any social media format at ace x edge and so you can find all, all the resources for that stuff there but uh yeah so two two to three times a month but the but the uh the 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 podcast itself it doesn't have a social media presence right you don't you no. don't have yeah i didn't think so all right no it's just uh just just us you know it's like i i I got, you know, I got, I got my own Instagram. I, I helped run the Edgewood one. Um, I never really got rid of the breakaway one and I got United blood and I got, uh, <laughs> Richmond, like Richmond hardcore shows. Like right. I don't need another, I don't need another account, man. <laughs> like I just like, <laughs> I'm on my phone way too much as is. So yeah, I hear you. Um, well, um, so, so that, that covers the podcast, but, uh, MAD, um, I, this this isn't going to come out this week, so so I guess you you but you were doing sure. that uh, that uh, the sale or not the sale? This, yeah, you're well, better- the benefit for the, for the Richmond Bail Fund. Yeah, um, but I mean, hey, depending on when this comes out, we might still be doing that. We're That's still going to have masks and stuff. Like, you know, this is this is being recorded in the middle of the riots. There's there's probably riots going on in the city right now, literally as we speak. Right. To be to be, real, to be very yeah. real, yeah. I've been at three of the protests of the past like week or so, um, or since last Friday, and this is on a, a Tuesday, um, and uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty real out there. You know, it, it's like you know, like people we know from the hardcore scene are like getting locked up and uh, and everything. So, um, you know, we might still be doing it. Uh, you can find if if you just Google mutually assured destruction. Uh, and you know, put big cartel on Google or something, you'll find our store. Um, forum, Sam and I, right before this episode, right before recording, we talked about doing some benefit on forum as well for like new subscribers. Um, if if like we're gonna talk about it on our next episode, but like if you subscribe mm-hmm. to the Patreon, everybody that subscribes, uh, maybe like this month, we're gonna donate all of that for the month 
uh, to Richmond Vale Fund as well. We would be doing the Minnesota Freedom Fund, but they've asked people to divert uh, funds elsewhere because they have too much money. Um, which <laughs> That's is a good, good problem yeah. to have. Yeah. No, it's a good problem to have. Like, I think they have like a million dollars or something. I think they're like, yeah, Shit. we can get everybody out of jail, no problem. Um, <laughs> That's but, great. Uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, yeah. And if you want to listen to MAD, you can look up Mutually Assured Destruction um, on Spotify or uh, Mutually Assured Destruction USA.bandcamp.com. Uh, you can listen to us there. And, uh, you know, like, I don't know. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you think it sucks or is great. I don't know. It's more fun when they say it sucks, right? <laughs> yeah, it hasn't happened really yet, but I'm sure there's people out there that are like, I hate this. That's yeah. fine. <laughs> That's all right. You need them. This makes it yeah. more fun, like I said. But hey, uh, hey, dude, total pleasure. Thank you for doing this. Uh, very much appreciate it. Thank you, sir. I, I really appreciate you being on. Uh, let me know when it comes out. I'll make sure everybody hears it. Uh, awesome. Later. So there you have it. That was my conversation with Ace. It was a good one. And that song there at the end, that was uh, Exhale off of the Fever Dream 10-inch. Uh, if you haven't bought that record, uh, you're wasting fucking time. Go get it right now. Go listen. Just go listen to it at least. But uh, more importantly, go go buy it off of the Big Cartel. The Just Google it, like I said earlier. I'll put a link in here. But, you know, you should be able to do that work yourself. Uh, great band. Great sound. Uh, very. It's very unique to get a band who does this well. I should say rare that a band who's doing this sound does it so well. 
And uh, we, so, so take the time to appreciate mutually assured destruction. And uh, also, very important that you go listen to Form of Passion, the podcast. If if uh, if you somehow listen to this and don't listen to that, you're kind of fucking up. I'd say he's <laughs> he's doing a little bit better over there as far as quality. Um, so 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 go go support that. Go 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 listen to the conversations Ace is having. Um, very very. Um, insightful sometimes informative sometimes uh it's just it's very interesting i like what he's doing i like his uh, interview style i like the way he gets his guests to talk um i should i should uh steal some of that from him i'll do my best but you know there's beers um so so that's it for this week of course um a weird fucking time in this country i know some people were holding off with their podcasts and i understand why i respect it i'm not going to do that but I have altered my schedule a little bit. Some episodes that were going to come out earlier, I'm going to push them uh, just because of the conversations that were had. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the conversations that were had on those. It's that the conversations I had on more recently uh, recorded episodes are more important. So next week, I can tell you next week, next week is going to be uh, an interview I did with a guy named Jem, who is uh, the vocalist for an Australian hardcore band called Speed, a gang called Speed, they might better, better be known as. And uh, he also has a podcast called Forge Ahead Podcast out of Australia. And uh, I almost bumped that one the whole way to this week, but uh, you know, I wanted to fit Ace in here before we got to this one. So, but anyway, next week is going to be with Speed, Forge Ahead, Gem, however you want to, whatever you want to call it, however you want to tease it. Uh, that's going to be that episode. I think it's a really good one. And uh, yeah, look forward to that. But also, make sure you take the time before that to check out check out the band, check out Forge Ahead Podcast, check out Forum of Passion Podcast, check out Mutually Assured Destruction. There's so much for you to do. All right, you got a lot of homework. And I also want you to go to Instagram and follow the Getting It Out podcast Facebook page, which makes no sense because Facebook is not on Instagram, even though it's the same thing. So you know what I'm trying to say, motherfuckers. Goddamn, don't pick apart my words. Just listen to me. At getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. That's Instagram. I did it. I I successfully did it on this episode. The Facebook page, www dot facebook.com slash getting it out podcast and uh twitter at getting it out pod there's a there's a voicemail line i mention it from time to time nobody ever calls it and that's okay but it's there it exists out in google's little world uh find the number below call it email me dan at getting it out.net send in your songs i'll play them on the show i guarantee that um but also send in the song all right don't send me a spotify link i'm not gonna fucking how am i supposed to get the song off of spotify to play on the podcast i'm sure there's a way i don't know it uh, but anyway uh i'm gonna end this song this 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 with a song and end this episode with a song from a melodic hardcore band out of germany uh called giver uh which is a song they very um very specifically released for this time and uh proceeds from the sale of the song are going towards uh let's just say the cause because everybody has uh their specific charities or bail funds they're donating to so it's it's for the cause it's called um what is it called order from above i believe order from above i think it might just be exclusive uh for for their band campaign it might be on their recently released album i forget what that album's called but i do remember that i really liked it so if you're not familiar with giver from uh i think like like i said it's germany uh it's it's very cool very cool band uh modern life is war kind of sounding uh you know you know the style little 2000 aughts 2000s mid 2000s how about that anyway the fuck fuck i'm I'm an idiot here's a song giver here's a song (laughs) order from above by giver uh thank you for listening check out everything i said to do you got homework all right bye-bye